0: I'm Elise Sliffering.
1: And I'm Damian Fowler.
0: And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast.
1: The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English.
0: We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing, and this week we sit down with Lisa Perlmutter, the SVP of marketing and e-commerce at Brilliant Earth, a direct-to-consumer company touted as the premier Gen Z digital-first jeweler.
1: The company's mission is to cultivate a more transparent, sustainable, and inclusive jewelry industry. That means Brilliant Earth has developed rigorous protocols for diamond sourcing using the blockchain to provide a transparent chain of custody, in short, ethically sourced diamonds.
0: Lisa joined Brilliant Earth in 2019 and now oversees the company's global marketing strategies which runs the gamut from social media to connected television. Lisa honed her experience at prominent brands like Sephora, Macy's, and Travelocity, moving from product management to marketing. We started out by asking her about her career journey into the world of digital first jewelry. Well, I would say it was
2: really the next kind of phase of my career. I'm a digital nerd. I love e-commerce. I love building customer experiences. and You know, as the world continues to change and we do that outside of the four walls of a website, the idea of building these experiences and wherever customers are, that was sort of the next exciting moment for me in my career. And at each point in my career, I felt lucky that I was at sort of a tipping point. So at Travelocity, it was that tipping point that finally people could buy airline tickets on that big, scary internet. And then when I was at Macy's, it was this transition from primarily in-store shopping experiences for the Macy's customer to really building the right experiences as the Macy's customer was transitioning online. And then at that point, another game shift of transitioning onto their mobile phones. And then taking that experience to Sephora, which beauty is just a really interesting industry and has this unique ability to try a lot of new digitally native experiences. And then coming to Brilliant Earth, you know, how do you differentiate and sell diamonds? And how do you help customers make, for a lot of them, the most important buying decision of their lives? That was a really exciting challenge for me and an exciting opportunity, as well as really disrupting an old industry. Jewelry is an industry as old as time. How do you really disrupt it? And as a digitally native brand, I was excited to get on board with what the co-founders were already doing for 15 years. This is how they started the brand. Our CEO is a rocket scientist, literally. She really wanted to come in and disrupt the brand, push the industry forward.
0: Tell us a little bit more about how Brilliant Earth is disruptive. What is the mission behind the brand? And I guess, why did the industry need disrupting? When the founders
2: found it 18 years ago, almost 20 years ago, which is a long time now, The world looked a little bit different. And, you know, mined diamonds, there weren't enough regulations. People were finally understanding, hey, blood diamonds, we shouldn't be having diamonds that are coming at a human suffering cost. And so what was happening in the industry at that time, the founders didn't think was going far enough. And so on top of the regulations that were already happening, they really went beyond that. And they really codified a new way to look at diamonds and making sure that every part of the diamond's journey was completely beyond conflict-free. You know, the world, again, changed almost 20 years later, and now it's beyond conflict-free diamonds. We're making sure almost all of our metals are made out of recycled gold, recycled as much as we can on other metal types, making sure we're really keeping our sustainability as forefront as we can across Every dimension of the company, we really lead with the mission and really disrupting into the larger jewelry industry as a whole.
0: You know, you mentioned recycling. Sustainability has really like bubbled up as a top priority for marketers uh, as of late. First Insight and Baker Retailing Center at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania found that 75% of Gen Z shoppers feel sustainability is more important than even like brand names. It's always been core, I know, to Brilliant Earth's like company mission. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you like infuse your mission into your marketing efforts?
2: Sustainability now and, and companies standing up and being sustainable—that's that's table stakes. I believe I feel strongly about that for any company. And how we infuse that in our marketing is really making sure we're educating consumers. Again, this is on the, on our bridal business, some engagement rings. This is their biggest purchase, and we want them to feel really good and proud about where they're buying their diamonds and where they're buying their engagement rings. So for us, we infuse our mission across everything we're doing. It's not a standalone part of our business.
1: You mentioned ethically sourced diamonds. How do you go about ensuring that they are ethically sourced? We
2: were the first jewelry company to use blockchain to really authenticate and make sure we understand the source of the diamonds and every place within the blockchain, the diamonds bin, all the way from the mine and the mining operator to our customer hands, and we understand every single step of the diamond's journey. We feel really good that we have been a change agent in the industry. We know we have. Introducing blockchain within the diamond mining system has been a game changer. We know that we've continued to push the rest of the jewelry industry to really be more transparent about where their diamonds are coming from and where their products are coming from, and we're really proud
0: of that. You know, you've described Brilliant Earth as Uber data-driven. I love that phrase, by the way. Uh, What are some of the ways you're using data to inform your strategy?
2: We are uber data-driven. Like I said, our co-founder was a rocket scientist.
0: Not everyone can say that.
2: Yeah. You have to be to the nth degree, right? So we use data to inform just about everything we do. And I would say we have a very very rich culture of test and learn. And so when we see that there's an opportunity or we see leading indicators, how do we take those nuggets and really use data of early indicators to then go deeper, go richer? And as we think about our marketing efforts, that's looking for indicators across different new platforms, different new advertising mediums, and how do we extend the brand that
1: way? You've got a bird's eye view of the consumer in lots of ways, given all this data you've got. What does that data tell you about your consumer or your ideal consumer? And also about how those consumers shop these days?
2: As we think about our consumers, he or she is primarily younger millennial, Gen Z. They're typically starting ideating. They're early, early shopping, really on the social networks, really through their friends, through influencers. And they're really looking for ideation. And what we see is people are shopping, or I'll call it dreaming, of their engagement ring months before there's an actual purchase. And so we see that we're making sure we're with them every step of the way from when he or she even has an inkling of an idea. And then we can really make sure we have the right content, the right influencers, the right education. Because this isn't just about selling. We want to make sure we're educating our customers. They're buying the right diamond, the right gemstone, the right engagement ring. We're doing that through all of our social networks. And then we have this really powerful omni-channel experience. And customers come in. We see couples coming in together into our showrooms. They're buying their amazing bridal products together.
1: That is fascinating. I have to say on a personal note, when I shopped for my wife's engagement ring, seven or eight years ago. I did not have an omni-channel experience. I was sort of stumbling around a jewelry shop on my own, not really knowing what to do, and it would have been helpful to have had that. In the end, it it all worked how I ended up getting uh, a little sapphire. It was an interesting experience, but it sounds like it's completely different
0: I feel like that has definitely changed over at least the past decades. It used to be that the man was always the one shopping for the ring. And then, (laughs) you know, the woman was the one who was surprised. And, you know, obviously with changes in our culture and everything too, people are shopping together. And as you said, can you describe maybe how that has changed?
2: What we see is a lot more couples shopping together from our research, from what we're seeing in, in our showrooms. A lot of times she is dreaming and she's looking at social and she's kind of early on before the couples even decided that, you know, a marriage is coming. But we're always there in that journey. And then when they're kind of at the point of potentially buying, that's when we see they're shopping together and they're making sure they get the right product together together there's still a proposal. So I don't want to say that there's no proposal and exciting and beautiful romantic moments for these couples, but it's just the buying decision of, of an engagement ring that's something that'll last forever has become more driven together.
1: So that leads us to weddings. Obviously you do a lot of business, you know, leading up to weddings and you mentioned that consideration phase. What's interesting is I guess weddings were postponed during the pandemic and it's probably fair to say now that weddings are back in a big way. Is that Is that what you're seeing?
2: We saw that last year in 2022 was the biggest year for weddings in 20 years. And so we saw just a huge boom coming out of COVID and you're 100% right. There was a huge backlog buildup of weddings. And then what we're seeing now is the bridal space continues to gain momentum. We definitely came out of the boom of 2022. And so, you know, at Brilliant Earth, as we think about our business in total, it's not just bridal. We really are looking at fine jewelry. We want to be with both members of the couple throughout their lifetime and even before. And so we've really, really expanded our fine jewelry offering, everything from anniversary vans to our amazing cocktail ring collection to our Zodiac collection, which we see those, especially on the marketing side, are really, really helping build momentum and excitement for the brand in new marketing outlets. And so when we think about our front and center of our marketing, if we're coming up on Mother's Day, what are going to be some of the hot sellers in the fine jewelry space and the lead to Mother's Day and what we found in our marketing efforts on the paid side, those get a lot of traction. And we've seen some just really nice momentum there of driving new customers in addition and as we think about growing our business outside of bridal.
0: You know, on your previous note about weddings being back and you don't really need to tell me because I've been invited to so many this year. There's no doubt in my mind, at least. But do you see like a peak season for proposals based on your data that essentially become like your busy season?
2: We definitely see a lot more proposals around the holiday timeframe. We also see a lot of summer proposals. And so then as a customer's thinking about buying, that's a different timeline. So you're sort of backing into that timing as a marketer. And how do we be there in enough time for this sort of runway of thinking about it, buying it, and then the proposal, which is very different than buying a hoodie online, right? It's a very different mental marketing model, which is what's fun. So you're basically always on. We're always on because he or she are always
0: thinking, shopping, dreaming, Do you feel like the marketing of diamonds has changed from being like diamonds are forever?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, it's interesting that it sounds like you went Sapphire, right? For your engagement, right?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. What color? A Sort of indigo.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. I went amethyst. We see customers are choosing for all sorts of gemstones. Diamonds are still the number one choice by far. But what we want to do is make sure customers have the breadth of whatever that is going to meet their needs financially, but also what they love and continue to wear it for a lifetime. So we want to offer them the breadth of choice, but also educate them on what they could do. And and what's exciting for us is we're marketing this broad assortment. And then when a customer comes into our digital experience, we're really helping educate and curate that content out for them. I mean, it can be very overwhelming we want to remove some of that opaqueness we want it to be a very transparent experience we want you to be able to play online and point have your wife create her own ring and show it to you
1: on that note you do actually have a physical presence could you talk to us a little bit about that and you know how you're bringing this data-driven uber data-driven approach to the showroom side of things
2: as of today we've 26 first of all I'll kind of go back in time as we think about uber data-driven, We don't even think about a location for a showroom until we're looking at the data of what's happening online and where we see potential upside and opportunity from where our customers, where we're seeing kind of pops and how we can be where our customers are. So we really look at beforehand, where are we seeing new opportunities that we can get into? And then once the showroom opens, we're using our marketing kind of machines to drive excitement, to drive appointments. Our showrooms are appointment-driven, but a lot of them, we have walk-ins. And what's really cool and unique about our showroom experience is when a customer books an appointment online, you are putting in as much detail as a customer wants when they book that appointment, meaning the diamonds they want to see in the appointment, the actual ring settings they want to see, what are they interested in. They can add as much notes as they want. And if, by the way, if they don't know what they want, they can also go in kind of blank slate. But then by the time they get to that appointment, and again, a lot of couples are shopping together, and frankly, with some of their other family members. So they will get to that appointment, and all of this product is already there for them to play, touch, feel, and they're shopping together. That's really kind of the connection point that we have between our digital experience and our store and our showroom.
0: Your CEO and co founder Beth Ernstein cited high impact marketing as a priority for 2023. What channel are you most excited about this year?
2: I can't name one. I would say for us, as we think about high impact marketing and coming into 2023 and beyond, we're really excited about a few areas. One, hyper local. So as we open up more showrooms, how do we make sure we can also drive more local? Marketing, which is really fun and exciting to get into, and really doing more in the out of home and really doing more, really amplifies some of these newer cities that we're going into. I would say we continue to explore and we see some really good success on CTV. That's been a really nice upper funnel channel for us. Again, really getting in the early mindset, really being in that decision-making process from the start. And then of course we continue to see just real excitement as the influencers through their networks and expanding our brand, whether that's by jewelry side, which we've seen some nice early indicators on, and our brand.
1: You mentioned also being able to zero in on key demographics, key DMAs. How do you amplify key markets? How does that work?
2: When we're going into a new market, one, we already know, again, from our data that we'll be successful to get in there because we have already had leading indicators from what's happening online and where we're seeing new customer base potentially pop up. And what we've been working towards is some showroom area and really amplifying in smaller target markets. Can we continue to double down in those markets and really drive more customer engagement, more appointments, more excitement on the walk-ins. And we have a few showroom formats. And so we've actually been testing this year in mall, the outdoor malls. There's one in Austin. There's another outdoor mall in Seattle that we're in. And those formats, we can partner with mall operators, other like-minded brands. And that's really an exciting marketing opportunity. And then in some of our showroom DMAs that are non-malls, like our Detroit location, how do we kind of get into the neighborhood psyche more and get into around the showroom and really drive additional traffic there?
1: We talk a lot about weddings and proposals. Do you find that, you know, once a consumer has bought an engagement ring from you, do you consider that consumer to be a consumer for life? Do they continue engaging with you to coin a pun?
2: I love a good pun, so thank you. We view new customer acquisition to be they can be buying an engagement ring and that's their first purchase with us. And then we want to continue and be on their lifetime journey. That includes the wedding bands and then also anniversary events, birthday gifts, celebratory moments. And whether that's a giftable moment or a self-purchase for a celebration, we're seeing a lot of Gen Zs, younger Gen Zs coming up in the world. They're buying nice jewelry for themselves because they got promoted. And we love that. So We see the engagement ring on our bridal side be the entry point to our brand. And then we also see new customer acquisition on our fine jewelry side. And like I said, that's been growing in a really nice clip for us and really driving new brand awareness and making sure that he or she is with us their whole lifetime.
0: I would imagine like working for a jewelry brand would be quite fun. Can you tell us about what your favorite thing is about working for Brilliant Earth? Best job I've
2: had. It's been a really amazing ride. I've been with the company as we went public. It's been a high growth few years for the business. So that's been exceptionally fun. And also it's such a special purchase and we can talk marketing and Uber data driven. And at the end of the day, you're helping on the bridal side, a couple celebrate an amazing moment and a lifetime moment, And that's very special and something we take to heart and we want to be a part of that celebration. When I first started, one of the most amazing stories is we've had sales team members invited to weddings because they're so much engaged in that storyline with the couple and really helping educate them on the diamonds. And then I think on the fine jewelry side, it's fun. Jewelry is fun. What business is more fun than buying jewelry for yourself, for your friends, for your significant other? It's a really amazing company. And I think the disruption, how we're marketing and the products we have the fun. Don't get me started when I go in the showroom and try on the jewelry myself. So it's just fun. It's great. And it's all about making people feel good about their purchases.
0: That's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next time we'll be talking with Robert Lamberts, the Chief Creative Officer at Pereira Odell.
1: What if advertising were invented today? Let's not have off the shelf solutions for every problem we never start with the solution before we know the problem the current is produced by wonder media network our theme is by love and caliber the trade desk team includes chris Brooklier and kat vesey
0: and remember
2: we're making sure we're with them every step of the way from when he or she is even has an inkling of an idea because this isn't just about selling we want to make sure we're educating our
0: customers i'm Elise
1: and i'm Damien,
0: and we'll see you next time